Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Have you joined the I Work For Him Nation yet? You know, I've had last week we had a couple of new members join, and every time somebody joins the nation, I send out a personal email. Joining the I Work For Him Nation is making a commitment to being part of God's transformation of your workplace. IWorkForHim.com is the place you need to go. And when you get out there, you'll see a little flag pop out and it says, join the I Work For Him Nation. What does that mean? You know, it's not a club you join. There's no fee. It is really just taking your commitment to the Lord to a whole nother level. For instance, we're asking you to make the commitment to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Why? Because prayer changes things, and it starts by changing your heart. Secondly, we're asking you to look for ways to serve those people in your workplace. And why? Because when you serve others, it shows you're not a self-centered jerk. And and if you're not self-centered, people are like, hey, why? Why are you helping me? I, I never helped you. And that gives you a chance to have a conversation. Third of all, look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace. Why? Because you're never going to get an opportunity to really demonstrate Jesus until you get a chance to be transparent and vulnerable outside of the office. The office is fine for an introductory conversation, but it's not the place to share your deep story unless you get an opportunity to sit outside over lunch or something like that. But when you're at work, you're supposed to be working. But after work, 
You can be social with the people and you get an opportunity to really impact their lives. Fourth point, a part of being part of the I Work Room Nation is to look for ways to pray with people. Why? Because when you, when you see somebody come into the office and their countenance is down, you notice that you're like, they're dragging their feet or they, they're, they're just downcast. You're like, hey, what's going on? You're like, they're going to respond and, and tell you something because they're going to be impressed that you noticed. And you say, hey, can I pray with you about that? I've never once had anybody say, no. Why? Because when people are downcast, they need a solution. They're looking for hope. The final point of joining the I Work For Him Nation, be the best, the brightest, the greatest example of an employee in your workplace, in your position. You see, as a Christ follower, we should be setting a standard for work excellence, no matter what we do. Whether you're digging ditches, laying fiber, or whether you're the President of the United States, if you're a Christ follower, you need to be demonstrating your excellence in what you do. Selfless excellence in everything you do. It doesn't matter whether you're an attorney, an insurance agent, a used car sales guy. You should be excellent at what you do. And of course, demonstrating integrity and all the qualities of Christ, but at least striving to do so. That's what it means to join the I Work For Him Nation. I'm not looking to, to get something that makes me feel good. I'm looking for people to make that commitment to say, you know what? I want to be part of God's transformation in my workplace. And that's what we're talking about. Join the I Work For Him Nation. Go out to, go out to I... Wow, start to sound Canadian there. Go out to IWorkForHim.com. Oh, that's Lutheran. No, that's from Minnesota. Southwest. Oh, I just... My accents, I got all messed up. Listen, go out to IWorkForHim.com. Don't you know? And... Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and sign up. You betcha. That's right. That's what we're looking for, you know. Here's the deal. It's Leap Day. And those of you that don't sign up for my weekly blog, you should sign up for my weekly blog. It's always business-related, but I always throw some scripture in there. And today's today's blog is going to be the focus of the first half of our show. But it's Leap Day. Let me just break it down for you. Every four years, we get an extra day of work. 365, well, not necessarily an extra day of work, but we get an extra day in the year. Every year is 365 days. Today adds the 366th day to 2016. What's significant about that? Hey, if you're salaried, you work for free today. (laughs) Did they tell you that? Did you know that if you're salaried, you're working for free today? They didn't adjust your salary up. Just trying to burst your bubble. Hey, how many of you out there are salaried and you're like, nobody ever told me that? (laughs) <laughs> but if you're hourly, you got paid. You got a raise today. You got an extra day of work. Now, not every year does the leap day fall on a work day. In fact, it doesn't happen again until 2024. But for those of you that are salary, just want to congratulate you for donating your time today. That was really big of you. Again, an excellent way to demonstrate your excellence in a workplace. So we got some thoughts on leap day because God gives us this extra day. What did you do with it? Did you make an impact with it today? Did, did you look at it and go, okay, Lord, you put this extra day on my on my calendar. I, I, I want to give you a chance to really make an impact with this extra day. Because it's an extra day. Anyway, how many of us are running all day long and are all month long or all year long? We go, wow, if I could just have some more time. Today! You got more time today! How did you use it? How are you using it right now? Did you have that kind of an attitude? Not only are you working for free if you're salaried, but God expects you to do something amazing with this day, this extra day he gives you. 
Now, if you've studied the whole leap day thing, which I did for today, you know, there was the Gregorian calendar and the Roman calendar and all the, the Jewish calendar, and they, they all got stuff figured. You know, nobody really understands how to put a calendar together. It doesn't end up with a couple of minutes here or there, but here's the deal. Today's February 29th. Happy birthday to those of you who only get to celebrate your birthday once every four years. But this is an extra day. What did you do with it? What are you going to do with it? Still a little bit of time left. You're listening to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim Brangenberg, talking today about this gift from God that you've been given today. But you know, to recognize today as a gift from God, especially those of you salaried people who work free today on, on Leap Day, you know, that's right. They didn't adjust your salary for this extra work day, did they? I, I don't think so. Hey, so it takes a paradigm shift for us to recognize the work that God is doing in our lives and the work that he has for us to do. Romans 12.2 talks about this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's really what the I Work For Him Nation commitment is all about. It is not about the fact that we're trying to do something revolutionary. We're not. Paul wrote this, wrote those words almost 2,000 years ago. But we struggle with that. We struggle with stopping. We, we struggle with repeating the ridiculous customs and behaviors of this world. And, and we resist God's transformation in our lives. But yet God's got something so much better for us. And so when we look at Leap Day, here's what I wrote for my blog today. And again, if you guys want to sign up for my blog, two ways. You can uh, become a member of the I Work For Him Nation. You'll get a copy of the blog. Or you can go out to my business, Trust Services, and sign up for our weekly blog. Here's my, here's my Leap Day blog. Happy Leap Day. We're sending out our blog today because it's a special day. We only get one of these every four years, and it doesn't always land on a work day. In a lifetime, we may only experience February 29th 20 times. So what are you doing with this extra gift of a day? So often in life, we wish we could slow down time. In fact, I used to think my parents were bonkers when they said life went by so fast. I thought my 16th birthday would never come. I wanted to drive so much that day seemed almost eternally elusive. However, now almost 34 years later, I see that they were right. My folks, they were right. I remember that day like it was yesterday, the day I got my driver's license, and now my kids are in their 20s and older. Time does fly by. Mom and Dad, you were right. Yeah, that's right, Dad. Are you listening? You were right. And no, I'm not repeating myself. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I wish I hadn't rushed those early years. So back to Leap Day. We often wish we could get more time so we could get more accomplished. Today's that day. You've been given an extra 24 hours. How will you spend them? Will you treat those hours as a gift or a punishment? Will you treat every extra minute as a cherished morsel to be savored in every bite? The temptation will be just treat this day as any other. A day just like any other. A day where we groan, we get up, and that we can't wait for it to be over. Stop! This is a special day. Treat it like that. Here's some ideas on how to spend your time to make this special day and celebrate. Make this a special day and celebrate it as a gift. Take some of this extra time and write notes of appreciation to your boss and all your coworkers and employees. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time I did that? Sorry, people, if you're listening. I, I haven't done that. I used to do that all the time. Uh, I'm, I guess I've been just too busy. Hey, for dinner tonight, shut the TV off and have dinner with your family. Talk to them and let them know how much you love and appreciate them. 
Maybe I should just Skype or, or uh, FaceTime my kids while I'm eating dinner. That's a great idea. Greet your customers with a smile on your face, whether you're on the phone or in person. You know, a smile given is almost always returned. Call someone today that you've lost touch with. Today's a gift. Give some of this time to others that you care about. February 29th may only come around every four years, and it won't be until 2024 that you'll get to work on a leap day for free if you're salaried. So these special days are rare. Another thought. Aren't all days special? Every one of you that's reading this today, this is from my blog, that has lost a loved one knows that every moment is special. Let me read that again. Every one of you that's reading this blog or listening to this blog on the air, that has lost a loved one knows that every moment is special. We always wish we could just have another couple of minutes. We shouldn't waste our time because we never know how much we have left. In fact, I drive across some of the craziest driving in America to get to this radio show. I never know if I'm going to make it. Don't waste our time because we never know how much we have left. Use today as a launch pad for the rest of your life. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Start today the practice of cherishing every day as a gift. Never live with regret. So tell those around you how much you appreciate them right now. P.S. If you're an annual salaried person, you're technically working free today. Let your boss know you appreciate having a job. Because you know what? Most of us don't do that. Most of us don't ever let our bosses know how much we appreciate just working. Just working. We, We struggle with that. But this leap day, as you really consider the amazingness of it, they haven't really been able to figure out how to put a calendar together because they figured our day should be 24 hours, and really they need to be like 24 hours and some minutes. But that would just mess up with all the watches that are out there now. So it's 24 hours, and every four years we got to catch up. They've been doing this for quite a while, so it seems to work. Kind of like daylight savings time, which is coming up this weekend. That seems to work for somebody. You know, in the spring we get tired, in the fall we get more rest. But in the meantime... Kids go to school in the daylight, and then on uh, next Monday, it'll be dark. But we'll be able to go out and walk on the beach after work, starting on Monday next week. You know, James 4, 13 through 15 really talks about this inevitability of life. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or that. You know, how many of you approach life just like, you got to figure it out. You think tomorrow's a given. We don't have a given. You're not guaranteed the next moment. But this day, this leap year day is a gift. When you get home tonight, treat it as such. In your office, those of you that are listening to me in the office and you still got a few hours left, Treat it as a gift. Do something unusual in your office in a positive way to really make an impact. You know, we're, we're working on getting this message across the country. In fact, it's already, we're, we already have listeners in almost every state. And honestly, in like 50 foreign countries. But the focus is right here in Tampa Bay, where the majority of our listeners are right now. We live in a, we live in a community of four plus million people the majority of which never go to church, the majority of which think that every day is just all about beach, sun, and nice weather. But we know what's true. In fact, the majority of the people that we live alongside don't really start to think about life until someone close to them dies. They don't start to think about life and what it really is all about until they get sick. 
They don't really start thinking about what this is all about until, I don't know, they get older. But we don't always get to get older. And, and I'm getting older, half a century this year. And I'm not guaranteed to make it to 51. I'm not even guaranteed to make it to 50. But what are you doing with it? So many of us go and we're running, we're running, we're running. And yeah, this is a re- just in case you know, those of you are turning in for the first time. I do a, very rarely do I do a monologue. I always have exciting guests in here, but I just thought this day was way too special to to bring in somebody else when I knew I was going to monologue and diatribe quite a bit because I, I want to just discuss the things that are on my heart. And and I got to tell you what's on my heart. What I'm seeing as I'm reaching across America with the message of I work for him is that there's thousands of organizations that are mentoring and discipling Christ followers in the workplace, but they're not working together. But it's my goal to get them to work together. That there's a few churches across the map in the United States that are actually helping purposefully equip professionals in the workplace. There's a few, but not a lot. I plan to change that. That's my goal. If God gives me the opportunity, that's what I want to do. I want to help that. It's not about me. You know, it's the show isn't the Jim Brangenberg show. It's never about me. This is about God. I work for him. What can we do? With the few days we have left, we don't know. I mean, really, and you say that, maybe I live to be 90. Boy, I hope I don't. But maybe I do. So I got 40 years left. What is that in comparison to eternity? It's about a blip. In fact, eternity is not really calculated in time because God operates outside of time. So if you really want to mess with your head, picture God holding time in his hand. It's just an object that he created that someday is going to be done. When, they, when the scripture says, to God, a day is unto a thousand years and a thousand years is unto a day, it's because he created time. It's just, a, it's just an object, which goes back to leap day. What did you do with your special day today? You know, earlier this month, we had Groundhog's Day, <laughs> which is completely pointless, pointless day. Like we really determined to a groundhog in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania to tell us what the weather is going to be like. But they had to wake him up. And in fact, the day before, Puxatani Phil, the last one, died. They had to shove a new one into the hole. So, you know, here's the deal. Leap day. It's a gift from God. What are you doing with it? Are you recognizing it as a gift from God? Are you really allowing yourself to be challenged and say, Lord, I know I'm limited in the time I have left. What am I going to do with it? Make it special. You still got some time left. There's still, right here in Tampa Bay, there's still eight and a half hours left. Do something with it. Recognize it as a gift. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show where you're still listening to us, but I'm not going anywhere. Wherever you're listening, we're grateful that you're tuning in. I'm hoping that you're going to hear a challenge today because this extra day is really no different than tomorrow, except for today, if your salary, you're not getting paid. But tomorrow is the same thing. Every day is a gift. Every day you've been given to breathe it's a gift. And that's really the point of the conversation. So many of us treat days like a commodity that we can always go get some more. But as that passage in James uh, said, we don't know when we, you know, we, we don't know. We're not guaranteed. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. You could die on the way home tonight. You could die wherever you're sitting. You might not die for 50 years, but you're going to die. The only two things guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Well, tax season's right now. If you need a tax prepare, call Trust Service and look us up online at servicesbytrust.com. But if you're going to die, that's going to be somebody else's responsibility. But seriously, what are you doing with each day? 
You've been given a ministry. I, when I have this conversation with business people all the time, I say, look, what, what do you do? And they always tell me what they do. And I say, how? So you're a pastor as a plumber. You're a plumber pastor or you're an electrician pastor or you're a sign pastor because you make signs and it's your pastorship. Whatever it may be, wherever you are, you're a minister in your workplace. We're given an incredible opportunity. And that's really what I work for him is all about, just to challenge people to recognize that their workplace is their mission field. And, and I got to tell you, listen, I still haven't got this all figured out. There are days <laughs> I just screw this up. I'm not, a, I'm not perfect at this. But I can tell you this, I've learned a lot from my mistakes, so I have to make less of them. Well, I hope, I sure hope, I hope I get to make less of them. But you and me, we're in the workplace because the people that we work alongside, some of them will never go to church. But people can see Jesus in us, and we may be the only chance those people have to see who our Savior really is. And we need to take it seriously. So many of us really struggle with the seriousness of the impact of our lives and our workplace. Let me just step aside in these final four minutes of this segment and just, I'm just going to rant a little bit. And I don't do this very often, specifically. I hardly ever delve into politics. But I got to tell you, over the weekend, I went on Facebook. I've been kind of giving myself a fast from Facebook because I've gotten frustrated with Facebook because all my buddies post really hilarious videos. People doing stupid stuff. I love seeing that. People wrecking cars, doing crazy things. But what I've noticed that Facebook is doing recently is that you can watch a video, and then when you're watching the video, down below, they have all kinds of other videos for you to watch, and a lot of times they have salacious, inappropriate videos to play. And I don't need that in my mind. I don't want to have the temptation to look at something I don't need to look at. I'm not talking they're not pornographic, but they're still suggestive. I don't need any more suggestions in my life. I live in Florida. People are half-clothed here all the time. So I want to keep my mind pure because that's what God calls me to do. I want to honor my wife and everything I do. So I've been backing off of Facebook. But I went on Facebook this weekend because my daughter moved into a new apartment up there in Iowa, up in the just south of the frozen tundra. And my wife said, hey, Sarah made a post. So I looked at the her post, but then I got just carried away and I started going scrolling down. And here's what I saw. I saw a whole bunch of Christians, because I got a lot of Christians in my Facebook, ranting and raving about Hillary, about Donald, about Ted Cruz, about Marco Rubio, about what's the other guy's name uh, that's against uh, Hillary, Barney, Barney Clark. What's his name? What's the guy's name? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. He just I just remember Mayberry. I was thinking Bernie Sanders. Okay. So here's the deal, people. More than just just listen to this and just stop. This is not political. I'm just telling you. Do you want to know why Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are likely going to be the nominees for the Democrats and Republicans? Because they they represent our culture today. They truly represent our culture. You're not going to get a guy like Ben Carson on the ticket because people live lives like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Christians have backed so far away from influence our, influencing our culture, we don't stand a chance of getting a super-duper high-quality guy like Ben Carson that, that'll be there. If you, I watched the debate on YouTube because I couldn't stand to do it Thursday night because I kept hearing about everybody just saying everybody acted like a three-year-old. Well, Ben Carson didn't, although he did say, would somebody attack me so I can talk? But, but here's the deal. When you look at the fields on both sides of the aisle, they really represent the culture today, especially Hillary and Donald. You got people that are dishonest, that are self-centered, that are self-serving. Guess what? 
That's our culture. You're going to get what you are. And as Christ followers, because we've refused to take our faith to work and we've refused to impact our neighborhoods, and as churches, we've, we've, we've created these conclaves of, of sanctuary. We stopped influencing our culture, so guess what? Our culture left us behind. And we don't, we're not influencing culture the way we should. And so you get Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And there's a lot I could say about both of those people. I, I, you know, it's amazing to me that you're going to have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. But you're going to get them. And, and just, just there, there's nothing you can do about it except for this. It didn't matter when the last president, the current president, was elected. It didn't matter who got elected. God's still on the throne. You're still a Christ follower. You make an impact where you are. And that impact will make an impact on somebody else. And they can make an impact on somebody else. We could take this country back for Christ, what it was originally founded on. But you're not going to do it by whining and complaining about your political candidates. Because you know what? You're not going to outvote your secular culture. They're out there. You can't do it anymore. We're, we're a minority and, and people aren't interested in integrity in the office. Obviously, by the two candidates, they're not interested in Christ-following people who are, you know, guys like Ben Carson. They're not, they're not interested in it. Or Ben Carson to be at the front of the pack. They're interested in self-centered, self-serving people. So that's why we need to take our job so seriously as pastors in our workplaces. You know, every day we get from God is a gift. So my challenge to you is to look at the remaining eight-plus hours of today if you're on the East Coast and, and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Relish in it. It's, been, it's a gift from God. And, and if you're still at work and you're listening to the show today, thank your boss you have a job today. And if you're salaried, thank your boss you have a job today. And let him know how much you appreciated working for free because it was a great deal. He got a great deal out of you. You know, I don't know why they don't talk. Was that in the Wall Street Journal today? I want to know. If somebody reads the Wall Street Journal and... They, they, did they publish an article today? Say, hey, all of you salaried people, you work for free today? I, I just want to know. All right. So then I popped onto a little political stuff, and I never go political, and there's always equal opportunity bashing. But I just want Christians out there who are whining, complaining about the political contest. You know what? Just, it, it, I'm disappointed too, because we can't seem to get a candidate out there on either side of the aisle that represents God. But here's the deal. Our culture doesn't represent God anymore. The church did such a great job of segregating itself from our culture that we no longer influence our culture and or the political candidates. And so we've got to stop complaining and we've got to start seeking to make a difference. Pastors, if you're listening, it's your responsibility to get us off the PU and out of the sanctuary and into the streets, being a Christ follower, no matter what we do. Pastor, it is your job to be able to say, listen, I'm not going to get a chance to get exposed to as many Christ followers as all of you sitting in the PUs. And I say PU because you know what? So many of you stink because you're never, you've just been sitting, you got moldy butt. You, you're oh, man, no. Oh, no, that's right. Mamby, pamby, weenie butt Christians. And listen, I was one once as well. Where I just went to church and I thought that's all I needed to do. But but I'm telling you, Christ followers, we need to make a difference in this community, in our culture, in our country. But we're not going to do it by whining and complaining about political candidates. Politicians by trade have to compromise. 
I always thought I wanted to be a politician, but when I found out you had to compromise, like, well, that's not for me. Because Jesus didn't compromise. It was what it was. The truth is the truth. You don't compromise on the truth. But too many of us as Christ followers compromise on the truth all day long. We've got to stop. Don't expect your political candidates to represent you and your Christian culture because the Christian culture has segregated itself from society. We need to infiltrate our society. That's what I work for him is all about. Not politics, never. I work for him is about bringing our faith to those to that mission field you've been given each and every day. So important we just recognize that. You and me, we've been given a mission. Jesus said it in Matthew 28. We've been given a mission. It's our workplace. And in that mission field, you, me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees, our vendors, our customers may ever meet. And if we would take that seriously, maybe four or eight years from now, we'd have a candidate that represented our values. But right now, there's a revolution in place. People not that uh, with armaments, but the people are just sick and tired of being sick and tired of those that we elected. Well, you know what? We just keep electing the same kind of people. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle they're on. They get up there, they get sucked into the morass of disgust. And, and, and I've never seen anybody go up there and not be corrupted. No, I've never seen anybody go up there and not be corrupted. See some people or compromise. I've seen some people go up there and try to make a difference, but they're not going to make a difference by whining and complaining that they're not getting a fair shake. It's a difficult job. I don't want to go. I don't ever want to go. But I'm challenging you and 100 million other Christ followers in this country, take your faith seriously and take it to work with you. That's how we're going to change the political environment in this country. But we got to love people where they're at. we got to demonstrate what Jesus did. You know, so many of us were so surprised about the rulings in 2015 about homosexual marriage and, and about still supporting Planned Parenthood even after we found out they were selling baby parts. Bottom line it, people. You and me have stepped back so far from our culture, we don't get an opportunity to, to actually make an impact. Our society is just, it's not Christian. It's not a Christian culture anymore. But Jesus told us to love people right where they're at. He didn't call people out of their sin and say, then I'll love you. He loved people in their filth and their disgust. That's what the, the prodigal son parable is all about. He loved people where they were at in their sin, whatever that sin may be. And he loved them. And then, and then he called them out of their sinful life. You and me were so guilty all the time of expecting non-Christ followers to act like Christians. Why? That's stupid. I didn't act like a Christian when I was a non-Christ follower. <laughs> I acted like a sinner. And even after I became a Christ follower, I still sometimes act like a sinner more often than not. So why do we hold hold people to that standard? I mean, you can't expect a political candidate who doesn't proclaim to be a Christ follower to act like one. But I will tell you this, to Marco Rubio... Rubio and Ted Cruz, who claim to be Christ followers, and I've heard their testimonies, and it's pretty powerful. The way they behaved on stage on Thursday night, I didn't see a lot of Jesus-like on that. You know what? You don't get ahead by bashing people or whining. You know, and, and I've heard Marco's testimony seems pretty solid. But here's the deal. They're not going to get elected. Donald and or Hillary. It, it, it's the culture, people. Recognize the culture. You can't make an impact on a nationwide basis, but you can impact the place where you work. You could change the culture in your workplace. That's what this is about. Forget about the politics. 
Forget about leap day. Tomorrow's a gift too. The next day's a gift too. Ah, you know, it's just it's just the kind of day we're at. And and, and when I saw those Facebook posts, I got frustrated because I'm thinking, you know what? You know, stop expecting non-Christ followers to act like Christ followers. It's just not going to happen. But we should look like Jesus in a workplace. And when we don't, we should apologize and then try again. Because that's that's how we can best demonstrate our faith. You know, I write a blog every week on a Monday. And they get published for Trust Services on Tuesday and for our work for him on Friday, along with my, my new shows, my new podcasts from our shows during the week. And during February, I wrote one about Groundhog's Day and the fact that we need to get our hands out of the, get our heads out of the sand and got to stop repeating the stupid each and every day, like Groundhog's Day, the movie with Bill Murray, just over and over and over again. So many of us get caught up in that. So I'm not going to talk about that podcast or that, that uh, blog. I wrote one uh, about the generational differences, but we're going to have a show about that in the future, so I'm not going to take time for that today. And then I wrote one about Leap Day. That was today's. But I wrote one at the beginning of February about unmet expectations. You know, as a Christ follower, when we communicate an expectation to our customers or our vendors, we should deliver. We should never overpromise and underdeliver. We should just say what it is. I'm going to deliver, and then we do it. And then if you can't, you call people and apologize, but the next time you do it right, and you make a more realistic expectation. But one of the things that I've seen so often in business, in order to impress people, people overpromise and then they, they disappoint. But that makes Jesus look disappointing to people. That that makes you as a Christ follower look bad. Why would you do that in business? I mean, I don't I don't get it. I mean, it, it's nice one time, and maybe maybe the first time you overpromised and underdelivered, it was a mistake. Fine, then apologize, be humble, and don't do it again. But I see it. All the time where people, and, and you know what? Growing up in Minnesota, I didn't see it near as much as I see it down here in Florida. The culture down here, it's more the, you know, it's more the Caribbean, you know, I'm relaxed kind of thing. But you know what? We're just not in the Caribbean. We're not in the Caribbean. The Gulf is 58 degrees. We're not in the Caribbean. This is Florida. Just let your yes be yes and your no, no. When you set expectations for people, maybe it's you and your employees and you say, Here's what I expect from you. Hold them to that. Maybe they say, here's what I expect from you. Paycheck. You know, a good place to work. Health insurance. Deliver on your expectations. Or if you set it up with a vendor and say, I'll pay your bill on this day. When you say that, pay it. Or maybe it's a customer. I'll deliver this to you on this day. If you say it, do it. Why is it we struggle with doing what we say we will do? You know, at Trust Services, that's a business that Martha and I own. It is centered around people who do what they say they will do. You know, as a business person for 30 years, I have always tried to surround myself with people who will do what they say they will do. And it's it's a filtering process because a lot of people that'll say what you want to hear, but there's less people that will do what they say they will do. And so at Trust Services, when we mentor or come alongside as an outsourced COO to small businesses, we bring in our network of professionals who I know will do the job that they say that they will do. And they'll do it on time, and they'll stay according to the bid, but they do a good job. It's an amazing thing when you refer somebody to a business, and they call me back and you're like, Jim, they were really good. I'm like, of course. I put my 
reputation behind that other that referral. I don't want I don't want somebody to be disappointed when they get a referral from me because it represents Jesus. Because people know where my faith is at. Listen, I'm on the radio every day. And I'm not perfect. Let me just make let me make something very clear. I don't get a chance to diatribe like this very often in a monologue. I am not perfect at this I work for him thing. God laid it on my heart and I want to be an example. And an example in my mind is being transparent, vulnerable, but being bold. And and, and in that, I'm just going to admit when I screw up. This this morning I was working on a certain accounting situation and somebody walked in my office and asked me a question. I'm like, and I kind of I'm like, I can't do this right now. I, I got to focus. It's kind of a bark. And so I just apologize. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. That was inappropriate. I apologize. I'll get back to you later. Yeah, I, I screw up all the time. I screw up more with Martha than I screw with anybody else. <laughs> screw up with anybody else because it seems like it's so much easier to just dump on your spouse than it is to, uh, to dump on other people. You can hold back all day long. When it comes to your spouse, it seems all of a sudden your filter comes off. But how about setting expectations? When you set false expectations or unrealistic expectations, you damage relationships. And when you damage relationships, you lose that opportunity to be Jesus to those people. I mean, it's really a big deal. It's a huge deal. Do you take it that seriously? Just as seriously as you've been given an extra day to live this year? Do you take it seriously as a gift from God? These expectations we set... They can build a relationship. Hey, let me just let me just teach you something. If you tell a customer you're going to do something and you do it, guess what they'll do the next time? They'll come back. You do not have an unlimited source of customers. And if you build a relationship with a thousand really great customers and do a good job, you don't need a whole lot more. Just do a good job. And they'll just keep coming back and back and back. It's the idea behind expectations. But let me just recap. It's leap day. Are you grateful to God for the extra day that you got today? If you're really all uptight about the political contest in America, just relax. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And you and me, we can make a difference one workplace at a time. Take the I Work For Him challenge. Go out to I Work For Him tonight and join the I Work For Him nation. Start transforming your workplace today. Hey, thanks so much to Jose Cruz. Did a great job today. I Thank tried. You. Yeah, you did a great job. You really did. You did a great job. You, you deserve a raise. Well, 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 yeah, that's right. Did a great job today. And hey, listen, our show sponsors, they put the show on the air every day. Go out to iworkforhim.com and thank them. Down at the bottom of the first page, you got all the links to all of their websites so you can find out more about them each and every day. And if you're out on Facebook tonight, find look us up on Facebook. We've got about 1,200 followers on Facebook every day. Just go out to Facebook and look for I Work For Him. Hey, based on today's discussion, what did you learn? Were you encouraged in some way to recognize that today was a gift from God? It's okay. You know... We learned today that our faith can impact our workplace. That's nothing new. We talk about that every day on the air, and and it's incredible. We talk about it because just recognizing the fact that so many of us, we blow by our days. When we get to work at 8, we we moan and complain, and at 5, we're just blasting out the door. But each day is a gift, especially Leap Day. Today, you've been given a gift of an extra day. Did you treat it like that? An extra gift of a day. Every day you're breathing, every day you're here on earth, you've got an opportunity to make an impact. Impact by loving those people around you, touching their lives with friendship, serving them, 
praying with them, looking for ways to transform your workplace by allowing your own life to be transformed and, and rejecting the customs and behaviors of this world, but being transformed by God. That's what I Work For Him is all about. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I own my own business, but you know what? Ultimately, I recognize that I work for him. Take this